0: So, as with the other Brahma Viharas, in practicing equanimity, we start where it's easiest. So, notice if you're already gearing up to work on the most difficult situation in your life that you need equanimity with. I would advise not starting there. The idea is that we're learning a skill. So you wanna give yourself the most chance at actually getting a hang of it before you decide to really test yourself. We'll do another, another session of equanimity after lunch. Uh, so I would say if you can, start with something easier now. And then if you wanna expand into something that's a little more challenging after lunch, then you're welcome, welcome to do that. Traditionally, one begins with uh, somebody who's neutral, somebody who we don't have a lot of affection or aversion for either way, someone for whom it's relatively easy to feel equanimity, to have that sense of I care about you, and you're living your life and you will you you will fare on according to the choices and conditions in your own life <clears throat> <clears throat> so I'll, I'll invite us to um, explore equanimity with um uh, something in someone else's life and then something in our own life in this in this guided meditation and I'll offer a few different suggestions for the phrases so taking taking some time to establish a foundation of steady embodied awareness. Feeling the sensations of the body sitting that downward force of gravity that holds us here on the planet. And then the sense of being upright, the strength and alertness of the spine. sensing the movement and the rhythm of the breath. as much as possible, setting aside everything else. As you breathe in, being fully present with the sensations of breathing in. As you breathe out, fully aware, feeling the sensations of breathing out. and then bringing to mind this wise and balanced perspective, that wisdom of an elder that knows and sees all of the changes of life come and go. this balanced and steady perspective that knows life is a series of ups and downs. Change is inevitable and that each of us must walk our own path must make our own choices and take responsibility for the effects of our actions. to whatever degree possible. Touching that knowing inside that life is a series of connected events, a vast net of changing conditions and that things are unfolding in a lawful way according to their conditions. From this place of deep knowing and trust In the lawful nature of this world, bringing to mind someone in your life, someone for whom it's relatively easy to strike that balance of care and equanimity. So see their image or get a sense of what it's like to be with them. And begin to regard them with the wise and loving eyes of equanimity. I care for you, but cannot keep you from suffering. I care for you, but cannot keep you from suffering. a phrase that expresses this understanding. And aiming the heart towards equanimity. One moment, one phrase at a time. Whether I understand it or not, things are unfolding in a lawful way. noticing if the heart slips into indifference or not caring, cutting off, pulling away. Gently guiding it into relationship. providing this wise and balanced view, imbued with connection and empathy. beings are the owners of their actions their happiness or unhappiness depends on their wish on their actions not on my wishes <coughs> all beings are the owners of their actions Your happiness or unhappiness depends on your actions, not on my wishes. in your own time, allowing their image to fade. Coming back to just feeling the body sitting and breathing. Notice if there's any tension any tightness or holding, maybe in the jaw or the eyes, the shoulders or the hands. Seeing if that can soften or relax bringing to mind someone else perhaps a friend a colleague and recollecting this wise and balanced perspective Life includes all of the changes, the comings and goings of success and failure, of joy and sorrow. We each must find our own way and come to our own understanding inside. Connecting the heart with balance, with steadiness. Finding the phrase or phrases that work for you. Everyone has their own path. I have my path. You have your path. And I care about you. Everyone has their own path. I have my path. You have your path. And I care about you. Things are just as they are. May I find peace and acceptance with the way things are. Things are just as they are. May I find peace and acceptance with things just as they are. Letting their image fade when you're ready. Coming back to the simplicity of sitting. (coughs) Sitting quietly, allowing the body to breathe. So we have so we have some time for uh, for questions, and there were uh, there were one or two questions that came up earlier this morning that I wanted to address. So um, one person uh, asked. So I was talking about these changing conditions and how we tend to get fixated and attached to the the pleasant and positive ones and someone said well, I, I tend to get fixated on the negative ones you know I, I, I focus on the downside of things and get attached there and if I had any thoughts or advice or suggestions on that um, yeah it's fascinating isn't it <laughs> how we can get Um, obsessed with our own unhappiness and suffering and kind of dig ourselves in deeper. I think the process is the same, regardless of what it is that we're obsessing over. Uh, It's to begin to notice the pattern, to notice that that's what's happening. to feel the limitation of that. So to really bring the mind in to notice, well, this is suffering, this is, this is a state of, uh, of difficulty, of distress. We need to really feel and see that clearly. And then to find ways to disengage the attention disengage our awareness from that habit energy. Sometimes the awareness is strong enough that just seeing the pattern pulls us out of it. When it's a very deep rooted pattern, that might not be enough. We might need to actively redirect our attention somewhere else. To pick up the phone and call a friend, to do some knitting or to uh, draw or read something, just to just to it's it's like um, you know it's like walking on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you just do whatever you can to get away from that precipice, so you don't fall in. And sometimes that might mean being quite directive and forceful with our awareness. And that doesn't mean we're avoiding the emotions or the situation. It means that we're rebalancing what's happening so that we have a, a place of stability or safety. The other side is cultivating positive qualities. So we, if we tend to get stuck in self-criticism or depression or wallowing in the things that are not going well. Um, working with that with mindfulness and awareness is one side, but the other side is actually increasing the wholesome, positive mind states that we have and really trying to uh, enhance those. So those are, those are some of the ways that I would suggest responding when, we're, when we get focused on the negative side of, of the worldly winds.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, this question came up for me uh, the first day of retreat and it's taken me until today to feel ready to great Um, in terms of uh, self-compassion practice with a benefactor and imagining giving ourselves compassion um, and with some of these other practicing with these other um, brahma vihara i've been practicing with imagining myself giving myself compassion and then and then it'll shift and it's like i'm in my heart and i'm with the aching tenderness and then i'm like viewing it from my dantian and practicing all these different ways of witnessing and being with and i'm just curious Mm -hmm. where's a good place to anchor or Mm -hmm. not that anything's wrong or bad Mm -hmm. but
0: so you're saying that you're like seeing yourself, offering it to yourself, or seeing a benefactor offering it to you and then experiencing it in different ways in different places, yeah?
1: And then trying to find a place to... um.
0: Right, to rest.
1: Yeah, like... Yeah. Because to find home in ourself, mm-hmm. don't we do it like, from mm-hmm. our core? Right.
0: Yeah, so, um, a few things. Um, <clears throat> my, uh, my understanding of the, of the kind of trajectory of these practices is that there's kind of a phase in the beginning where it's much more exploratory. And we're trying different things out. We're trying different phrases out. We're trying maybe different benefactors out or we're imagining ourselves as a child or as an adult and, and, and we're kind of finding our ground with it. Um, and then as I'm, I would agree with what I'm sensing in you is at a, at a certain point we want to settle. We want to settle into one particular configuration so that um, the energy of the brahmavihara vihara can, can collect and stabilize and strengthen. If we're always changing something, it's harder to gather momentum. And then just to fill out the picture, then we stay with that, whatever that is, Uh, a certain set of phrases or a certain visualization. At a certain point, the practice can start to open up again where it starts to take on its own life. And the way we experience the quality can begin to shift and change on its own. And it's not so much that we're doing something, but it begins to appear in different ways or be experienced in different ways. And that's kind of a natural progression through the practice. Um, The the two things that I would say or that I would suggest, so one is um, particularly with like compassion or loving kindness for oneself. um, The way that I've always practiced, and this doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be what's right for you, but the way that I've always practiced is even when using an external image of someone else, or like you said, of yourself, offering to yourself, eventually the idea is to is to merge those so that it, it's that sense of relating to oneself in oneself. and Like you said, that there's a sense of being at home in the quality. Uh, so I would... Use those as a stepping stone when necessary to to connect with the the energy of the Brahma-Vihara, with the felt sense of it. And then find whatever place feels most natural for you. If it feels most natural to rest your attention here in the heart, then stick with that. If it feels more natural to be down here, lower in in the abdomen or the center of gravity, then rest the attention here. And then stick with it, it will change. It will start to feel dry or boring, but just stay, stay. So that you, you work through some of the blockages and numb patches and so forth. Nothing's, nothing's gonna feel right and alive the whole time. Yeah, is that helpful? Other questions or comments, and with the equanimity too.
2: Yeah. Right. Um, so I've been practicing three months, maybe. Most of my experience this is more with the breath and the mindfulness. Uh, I've been finding this really helpful. I was wondering if you could say more about how mindfulness and concentration practice, what crossover there is with mm-hmm. the Brahma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Um Yeah, happy to. Just tell me a little bit more about like what the what the, the interest or curiosity is for you about about that about those.
2: Well, I find the concentration so far to be fairly straightforward. Mm-hmm. Sit there, focus on the breath, and mm-hmm. um, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You know, not just the like I really feel myself calming down after mm. about 20 or 30 minutes, mm-hmm. for example. With these other practices, it's just newer and more complicated. I find myself, oh, like what are the phrases, you know, I have to remember. Practical things like memorizing phrases yep. And, yep. and so forth. Um, and even just, I feel like there's almost a new practice of selecting which practice
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should
2: focus on. Right. We talked about the water wearing a groove into the mm-hmm. hillside, which sounds great, mm-hmm. uh, but which, you know, right, which right. direction? Got it, thank you, that's helpful. Um,
0: so generally in, um, in the arc of one's practice, it's good to have a primary technique that we're using and to stick with that for a good period of time six months or a year really just make that one's primary practice Um, and so that could be it could be concentration with the breath it could be mindfulness practice with the breath so using the breath initially to just stabilize the mind but then starting to open up to the rest of your experience sensations sounds thoughts emotions being aware as they change and come and go, resting with the breath when you need to, to stabilize, but then otherwise observing the changes. Um, Many people choose to take up one of these Brahma-Vihara practices as their primary practice for a period of time, a month, two months longer. Um, And it's really, it's somewhat, it's up to you to just see what feels useful. You know, if you're finding some traction with the breath in your daily practice, I'd say stay with that. That's great. Stay with it. That doesn't mean you can't also bring in, like, five minutes of loving kindness or compassion at the beginning or the end of a sitting. Something many, many people do. It's very common. Or maybe at the end of the day, you know, before you go to bed, and do a few minutes of loving kindness practice. Um... Another way to integrate these into one's life, as I was saying before, is to just um, choose a certain activity or area of your life <coughs> during your day where you can practice these more informally. So when you're commuting, or maybe when you're grocery shopping, or you know, choose a few areas where your mind doesn't need to be doing something else, it's just idle time, and then use that time to cultivate one of these qualities. And, you know, try it out for a week, see how it goes, and then reevaluate week by week. Is that helpful? Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, Philip.
3: So I was, um, I realized that I cannot be with the suffering of others because um, I'm ashamed of the suffering that arises in me. Be- I missed a word because you are because I'm ashamed of ah. the suffering ah. that arises in me, in like, oh, I should not feel this suffering.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, so now I re- thought, should I now try to accept this shame and try to make space for this? Mm-hmm. And would the answer be self-compassion? Mm-hmm. Should I then also accept this shame, make space for this shame, mm-hmm. and? Mm-hmm. Try to uh, be self-compassionate towards this harsh inner critique mm-hmm. that tells me that I'm not good enough or I'm not doing this right enough. Uh, I see.
0: So it's a sense of a, some some judgment of yourself,
3: mm-hmm. uh-huh.
0: and um, it's just what's the uh, what's the, the the reasoning or the logic that it says about why why it's not okay to feel suffering in relation to someone else's suffering why is that not okay is it clear
3: or is it not clear i'm thinking Maybe because the other person will judge me for it, so I won't feel accepted
1: mm-hmm.
3: and loved in a way.
0: Mm-hmm. So if I'm in pain, if I'm having some difficulty, and then that is hard for you, exactly. So then, then I would, I would judge you. That's what, what would I say? what would the judgment be? i just uh, wanting to understand.
3: You're not being any helpful if you suffer. Okay,
0: I see. What so good are I don't you? I do want
3: you to drag me out of it, but right. you can't help right. me. You're, you're, you're So, f- uh-huh. I reject you. Okay, okay, yeah.
0: So how is it to just become aware that that's the the story
3: or the. That's really hard to become aware of it.
0: uh
3: but it's also very insightful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So I mean, part of what I'm hearing is a deep longing for uh, acceptance and connection and belonging. Yeah. So I think that your intuition to bring compassion to that, to bring compassion to the experiences uh, would be helpful and I would, I would go down to that level of the longing in the heart for connection and acceptance and love and belonging, to see that there's this part of yourself that really, really wants to stay connected and to be included and accepted. That's one part of it. <clears throat> so that you, you know, you're making space for that emotion and um, bringing compassion to it, developing a relationship with that part of yourself so that um, it's not running the show in the shadows, but you can actually be aware of that sense of, because it's vulnerable to want to be accepted and to not, not trust that, right? And sometimes we don't trust that outwardly because it's not happening inwardly. And when we fully accept ourselves, when we feel at home in ourselves, then we feel at home with others even if they don't accept us it's not a big deal because we understand well sorry that's about you it's not about me you know i know that i'm okay because i feel that in myself i've accepted all the different parts of myself the parts that are you know lovely and the parts that are not so lovely it's a mixed bag we're all mixed (laughs) we're all a mixed bag um so that, I think that's an important part of it. There's another part that's about actually starting to look more clearly at the, at the story and the view and seeing how maybe it's not true. There's, some, there's something in that that's, that's believing, like if I have a reaction to your suffering, that that's not okay. When I hear that, I don't have that reaction. So it's just it's just a particular belief or story that has connected to certain experiences in the past, probably, that may or may not happen, depending on who you're talking to. So it's just to try to get a, a broader perspective of that, well, is this abs- actually absolutely true in every moment and situation and circumstance? Probably not. So then you start to have some more space around that story itself.
3: So contemplation.
0: Yeah, yeah, contemplate, investigate it, look at it really clearly, try to, try to listen for the actual belief. There's a view or a belief there. Try to, try to catch it, to hear it really clearly so that you can see how you're believing it, Where see where the mind is picking it up, and say, oh, is that true? And the mind puts it down. Yeah, you're welcome. So maybe last question or comment. Richard.
2: I'm curious about a couple of these phrases yeah. that um, I'm having a little trouble with. Your happiness and unhappiness depend on your actions, not on my wishes for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter how I might wish things to be otherwise, things are as they are. Mm-hmm. But we're doing a lot of wishing in mm-hmm. all of these practices. Yeah. right. May you be happy. Right. right. And um, So is there a contradiction there, or is there a distinction? What we're really doing is intending as opposed to wishing. Are we drawing a distinction?
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, um, great question. (coughs) Both are true. And they're not in contradiction. So... This is where the equanimity balances the other one. So when we don't have equanimity and I say, may you be happy, it, start, it can start to spill over into like, be happy, be happy, I, I need you to be happy, right? Versus like, may you be happy. It's, it's a genuine expression of goodwill. I, I genuinely want you to be happy. And I know it's not up to me. That doesn't mean I can't still want you to be happy. But it means that I'm not expecting my desire for your happiness to mean that you will be happy. It's like we're giving a gift. When you say to somebody, Happy Birthday, you're not saying, like, You better have a good day, (laughs) you know? And you're also not saying, you know, like, um, I want you to have a happy day, understanding that. Everything changes and passes, and it's not up to us. It's, you know, it's, just like, it's just like, have a nice day. Have a good day. It's just that wish. It's just that, that, that um, generous, open-hearted offering. It's just a gift. And how the person receives the gift and what they do with it's not up to us. So that's, that's where the two, where the two meet. Is that clarifying it? Yeah, and again, the, the distinction is with these may you be happy, may you be well, or compassion phrases, you know, may you find ease with the suffering. The idea is that we're not, that we're doing the practice actually to transform our own heart, to free our own heart and open our own heart. The, the 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 offer is sincere and genuine but we're not doing it to change or control or even affect others directly it's a practice of transforming our own heart that then becomes expressed through our life when we're embodying these qualities it shows up in our words and our actions and our body language and our choices you know, so the sense of when I say we're doing it to transform our own heart, with that deep understanding that we're all connected, and the way that I live affects everyone and everything around me. Okay, great. So let's uh, let's pause here. Maybe just a couple of announcements. Um, So again, for for lunch, we'll keep this main space in silence for anyone who wants to stay stay in silence. Um, I would encourage you to use the lunch hour uh, to continue to explore these qualities, whether it's choosing one of them and trying to continue cultivating it or just being open and seeing, paying attention to the heart and noticing when there's goodwill noticing if you see something that brings up compassion, noticing if there's joy or appreciation or gratitude and just staying attuned to the heart and connected to the heart as you move through the various rooms and scenes and activities and changes of the next hour.
3: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit Seed